Ladies and gentlemen, welcome again to another edition of Spotlight Conversations. I'm your host, Clayton Big Trigger Corley, and it is indeed an honor and a pleasure for me to uh, have a conversation with the wonderful composer, educator, author, arranger, poet, musician, and I'm probably run out of uh, uh, <laughs> titles to give to this fantastic artist. Uh, I'd like to bring to you uh, on the line... Linda Williams, better known as Aziza. Welcome to Spotlight Conversations. It's good to be here. Um, it's Aziza Miller, by the way, because you know what I found out? Ooh. There is a group that goes by the name Aziza. All so right. Very so, important that we put. Yes, indeed. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I stand corrected, and I'm sitting here looking at my paper. This says plain as day Aziza Miller, but you know me, I got to go off sometimes. Okay. Uh, but welcome to Spotlight Conversations. Thank you, thank you. It's good to be here. Yes, indeed. It's been a few years. Uh, for those that have been longtime listeners to uh, Spotlight uh, on Jazz and Poetry, I featured Aziza Miller. Uh, quite a few years ago, I think it was back in 2007, um, mm-hmm. and as you see, she is still going very, very strong. Uh, first, let's for the for the people that don't really know you, let's uh, start out with where you're from and mm-hmm. just name a, a few of your early uh, musical influences. Okay, I'm from New York City. Um, I was born in Harlem where I spent maybe first six years of my life, and then my family and I, we moved to the Bronx, where I stayed until um, I, you know, went on my own. So, um, born and raised here, uh, had good good experiences in music and art high school, and uh, Manhattan School of Music, got my um, master's degree from there in music education. I was a teacher for about 15 years and six months. Um, I traveled the world with Natalie Cole as her first MD and pianist. That started in 1975 and continued off and on through the years until she passed on. Um, My influences musically, I think that's what you asked me as well? Yes. Wow, okay. the first person that comes to my mind that influenced me as far as jazz was concerned was Horace Silver. I remember uh, being introduced to his music through my dad. My father was um, an aficionado of, of jazz. And when I heard Horace's music, his melody, his piano, I started reading the album jackets to see well, who was doing what. And that's when I decided that I wanted to be a composer um, because I really dug what he was doing. I also like R&B, you know, so uh, there are groups like uh, Earth, Wind & Fire, um, Stevie Wonder's music. Um, I remember Mandrill, War, you know, I, I like that, that sound with the arrangements and the funk with the, with the jazz because all those groups mix jazz and funk together. Yes, they did. Yeah, and I loved it. You know, still do. So those are and my... Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 you go ahead. Okay, well, you know, then I, I had my first uh, professional uh, music playing experience. I think 
where was I? I was living in the Bronx, and I, I was I was the young one in the band, and you know the band members looking out for me. But it was an R&B band, mm. and they took me under their wing and hired me as as their piano player, and so that you know fortified my love even further for James Brown and them because you know we did a lot of cover tunes, and then I met Alex Blake Senior, who's the father to. Um, Jazz bassist Alex Blake. I don't know if you know who he is, but oh yes, indeed, and Russell Blake. Yes, Alex and Russell. So they're friends of mine, and I met both of them through their father, who had a Latin jazz band, and he was at one point he was looking for a piano player. So his son had recommended me, and so Alex Senior taught me about. You know, montunos and, and rumbas and mambos and, you know, how to comp as a piano player in those different styles. So when it comes to me composing my own music, it comes from a lot of different sources. You know, the ones that I mentioned is a, is a good starting place. Mm. How was being a, uh, being a woman uh, in a primarily um, dominated jazz, let's talk jazz first, uh, jazz uh uh, world, how were you received uh, from your peers? My peers were always respectful, and my peers were people who knew me, people who played, you know, on the bandstand with me. I never had any problem with uh, those people. You know, it was, it was very, very respectful and very supportive. Um, usually, the problems would come from people who didn't know me. You know, check me out for the first time. Well, let's see what she can do. I remember <laughs> uh, one guy came up to me one night and he says, "Man, you know, you 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 you're pretty good. You know, you play like a man." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Okay." You know, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what to say. Just said, "Okay." <laughs> you know, I know yeah. he was complimenting me in his own way, but he wasn't because he was saying that basically in his mind, men play better than women. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I interpreted that. So, you know, is that really a compliment or what? You know, uh, right. I don't know who that is. But, um, you know, I find that because I've had strong, excuse me, strong um, will and um, I had great teachers like Kenny Barron and, and Paul West and, you know, Jazzmobile and uh, Yusef Latif and... I had good teachers, you know, oh, yeah. who who didn't teach me as a woman. They taught me as a musician. Mm-hmm. You know, musician has no sex. Songs have no sex. You know, so it's about either you know what you're doing and you execute that, or you don't. Yeah, I was going to say I've heard uh, <clears throat> I've heard some some stories about like if you get up on this bandstand, especially during the jam session. Look, you got to know what you're doing, or they will escort you off quickly. <laughs> you know, and I've had, you know, I think all of us, you know, men and women, all of us have had an embarrassment on that bandstand at one time or another. You know what I mean? It happens. Yes. And it, it separates the weak from the strong, you know, the, the people who are determined versus the ones who are not. And so... I think it, it it just teaches you what you got to do, what you got to work on. You go home, work on it, and come back out swinging. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I, you know, when I'm talking to different people, especially young people, 
mm-hmm. about jazz and about uh, <clears throat> you know about you because your your name definitely comes up in the conversation. They say who Aziza who who is that blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And then I play a song for them and I always go back to one La of my favorite songs that you wrote that was La Costa. And then they automatically oh wow she wrote that so I thought that was you know right. so so what what. Where did you get that song from? I mean, what made you come up with that that rhythm, and and what was the thought behind La Costa? Well, you know, not much thought went behind that, Clay. To tell you the truth, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I'm I'm the summation of a lot of different styles. I got Latin, you know, I've got the jazz, I've got the R&B, right? Mm-hmm. So the inspiration for La Costa came during the time when I was with Natalie as her. MD and piano player, and we went to South America for the first time. So I was just in awe, and and I just felt so good being there, south of the border, right? When Mm -hmm. I came home off the tour, I went to the piano, and literally, that's what came out, and it didn't take long. So I just tell people, you know, sometimes as a composer, you get like divine inspiration and you're just guided. You know, God and universe, they just work in conjunction and they guide you through things. So that song for me was a spiritual uh, spiritual experience. Mm. When, when you're performing uh, mm-hmm. in front of an audience, whether it's a, a more intimate audience or whether it's a larger uh, a venue, what do you hope to bring to your audience and, and at the same token, what do you hope they take from your performance? Well, I want to bring to them the joy and the love that I have for, for, for this music that I do. Um, I find that personally when I go out to hear uh, people perform, I want to see their love for what they're doing. I want to see everybody in that bandstand getting into what they're doing and 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 enjoying themselves and translating that to us. Um, that's what I hope to bring, you know, because people come out because they want to feel good. You know, they might not be having a good day. They they might be needing something that you can give to them through that music, through your performance. If, if music is a is a teacher, music is a healer. You know, music is a friend, you know. So when I do my shows, I want to be able to touch people like that. And have them walk away with with a smile and something good to remember. So they'll want to come back. You you, uh, received the Distinguished uh, Teacher Award from President Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton. How was that? How did you uh, feel about that? I was honored, you know. Excuse me. I was one of 50, uh, each teacher, one teacher from each state in the United States. And um, it, was, it was a momentous occasion because the, the uh, recognition, the initial recognition came from a student. And students submitted an essay to the president describing their favorite teacher and why and how that teacher uh, changed or influenced their life. So when I got the letter in the mail, after just being accessed uh, from the school 
that the student was also uh, from, I said, wow, this is interesting. On the one hand, this, this new principal is saying, you got to go. <laughs> right. We're replacing music with computers. You can teach math in Spanish. I said, what? <laughs> so on the one hand, you know, I'm being let go. And on the other hand, I'm being lifted up. So that's what I focused on. So, yeah, I, wow. I felt I felt great. Clear. I felt I felt great. Yeah, and and one of your students, uh, I, I'm happy to say, and and she's spoken about you uh, on numerous occasions when she's out there performing or, or um, you know recording is Alicia Keys. Yep, she was a student of mine for three years, and a lot of people think that I was her piano teacher. I was not her piano teacher. She was in my jazz improvisation choir. I mm. had a chorus. <laughs> and it consisted of about 20 hand-picked students who I heard had it. You know that it thing they talk about? It, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, they had that it thing going on. So I was able to, like, write arrangements, vocal arrangements, and they could hear it and pick it up. And she was one of those kids. And we had the pleasure of um, singing for uh, Pope John Paul II. Wow. He, yeah, and, and we, they, they, they uh, flew us out to, uh, to Rome, Italy. And we performed with Gloria Gaynor and Miriam Makiba and uh, uh, Marvin Hamlish. Uh, came to the school where I was, and you know she was, she was Alicia was a part of all of that, all of those good experiences, you know. And um, I have other students who are just as bad as as she mm. is, but you know sometimes everybody just doesn't get that you know kind of exposure. Right. But needless to say, I'm I'm very proud of her, and I'm proud of the fact that she does acknowledge you know, what I did to help her get where she is. Yeah. And I always uh, speak, you know, especially, again, I spend a lot of time speaking with young people, mm-hmm. and I always talk about how whether you're a household name, mm-hmm. uh, recognized, or whether you're an independent artist, mm-hmm. each one has something very significant to say with that's their right. artistry. And that's, right. that's why I, uh, I try to, you know, Look for independent artists, some that are not well known, some that are even shy about having some of their work or or their musicianship displayed, yeah. and give them a shot because you know yeah. uh, you might like them more than somebody that's really uh, well known. So um, absolutely, you know, nice, and I'm going to tell nice you something. You say that. Oh yes, and I'm going to tell you something. I'm not going to say too much about it, but I'm I'm going I'm to give you a little hint, okay? Okay. Now, you say you're coming to my show on October 6th, right? October 6th. Okay, well, check this out. Check this out. October 6th has something to do with what you just mentioned mm. about students. That's all I'm going to say. Well, all right. <laughs> you add a little intrigue to it. Now, you know, <laughs> you know I'm going to be there now. Well, i got to yes, find sir. out what the, what the secret is. Listen, you um, were asked to write four songs for just a legendary 
mm. uh, musician, Ahmad Jamal. Yes. What was that like for you? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I still, you know, every time I think about it, I just I shake my head in disbelief. Okay. Well, I met Ahmad through Richard Evans, the late Richard Evans, who um, did the arrangement on many of Natalie's earlier albums, including La Costa. Uh, he was friends with Ahmad. So when Ahmad heard La Costa, which Richard brought to him, Ahmad said, wow, I want to record this, so he did. But then he also wanted to meet me because he wanted to know if I would consider, check this out, if I <laughs> would consider writing lyrics for him. And I said, wow. I'm honored, what? So he and I, you know, started talking on the phone and he says, well, you know, I'm going to send you these four songs. If you, you know, it, it, let me know what you think. And, you know, no obligation, boom, 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 boom. I said, Ahmad, I'm sure I will love these songs. So he um, sent them over. I wrote lyrics. And they are recorded. Um, he he even insisted that I sing on one of the songs. <laughs> oh, man. What an honor. And, you know, I know. And and then I said, you know, to myself, don't doubt the master. You mm. never doubt what a ma if a master hears something in you, you don't doubt it. You respect it and go with it. So that's what mm. I did. So um the names of the songs Whisperings, which was sung by the late O. C. Smith. Wow. Um, my Latin, which is sung by yours truly, <laughs> um, it's only a flower and picture perfect. So they're on, they're out there. I mean, uh, offhand I can't remember the, the titles of the albums, but mm. you can Google it and, and find the information. Oh yeah. Talk about, and you're also an author. And I am. I am. Yeah, yeah. Where talk about your book, uh, Diva Neri. What, where finished. is that coming from? I can't talk about it. I ain't finished. Oh, oh, this is something that's getting ready to go. Oh, oh gosh. Oh. Yes. oh, okay. All right. Well, then, don't talk about that. Um, what kind of cereal do you like to eat if you eat cereal? Man, I drink my breakfast. <laughs> do you? <really? laughs> I be... I be drinking my breakfast. I have protein shakes with some berries and bananas and some almond milk, and I'm good to go. Oh, that's all right. Mm -hmm. I wish I could uh, get into that habit. Man. I start off, you know, maybe two two mornings, I drink it, and then I'll be like, look, I need some eggs <laughs> and, some, <laughs> and some bacon. <laughs> mm -hmm. I you know. You. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. To each um, his own, right? To each yeah, his own. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um. A quote that you had <clears throat> that I read on your on your website, Aziza um, Miller dot com. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, Aziza Miller How do you spell Aziza? How do, how, how do you spell it? You know how I spell it: A Z I Z A. 
you got to tell your listeners that too. Let's tell everybody that. You know how many people spell it like this? A-Z-Z-I-Z-Z-A. You know, and I have to tell folks, nah, it's a palindrome spelling. Palindrome. Yeah. Right. Same way forwards and backwards. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, and, I remember, and you told me that, and let me tell you, that's been like part of my conversation every time. Be like, ah, oh, palindrome. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just, don't, get it, don't get it twisted. You know Hello. what I mean? I remember. <laughs> I remember you telling me that a long time ago, and it stuck yeah. with me. Um, so since we were on the subject of October 6th, what's, what's going on October 6th? Man, October 6th is going to be incredible. It's going to be one of the best shows I've ever done because we're showcasing the new album. The new album is called This Journey of Love, on which I have the two tribute songs, <clears throat> Excuse me, one to my sister in music, Natalie Cole, and the other to my mentor and friend, Horace Silver. I've uh, got a dynamite band together, and Natalie's son, his name is Rob Yancey, is flying in from California to sit in and play the tribute song to his mother with the band and myself. And he's an incredible musician. And it would be a shame if people didn't come out and represent and show that New York love to this young man. Because last year, tell you how how the universe, how God is in this. You know, last year, I didn't know Natalie and I were going to be performing for the last time together. We started out together and we ended together. She, um, She and I were on the same stage that her son and I will be performing on on October 6th. So it's going to be a historical event. And I want people to witness it because a lot of people don't know Rob was his mother's drummer. Mm. You know, um, toward the later years, he toured with her, his, his mother as, as her drummer. And he's extremely accomplished, nice young man. And I want people to come out and show their love. Um, the Iridium is a great place to work. You know, on top of that, you know, it's, it's, the food is great, the, the energy is good, the service is excellent. And it's centrally located, it's on Broadway. And I've got a couple of other special guests. And like I said, the hint, hint, my brother is yes. former student. All Notice right. I didn't say student. Yeah. I said yeah. students. Yeah. yeah, this is gonna this is gonna be great. It's I gonna can't be wait. off the chain, okay? Yeah. You know, because let me and let me say this because you know I know I got a song called I don't say much, but it all depends on the circumstances. (laughs) And this is one of the circumstances where I got to talk a little more than I really would normally say, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, my feeling about excuse me relevancy and music and generations for me personally, and that's the only person I can speak for. My students have been so instrumental in me being who I am as an artist, who I am as a lyricist, and as, as a composer, that my thought was this. You know what? Why do people make a difference? There is no difference. You know, hip-hop and bebop are so close mm-hmm. because it's rhythm, it's conversation, 
and it's interesting for me. So collaborating, crossing the generations, cross-pollination through the generations is a sensation. It can be a beautiful thing. That's why I don't like labels. Well, what kind of music do you do? I buy good music. You know, right. it makes you feel good. I, you know, I, don't put me in a box. Don't put what I do in a box because it can't be contained. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. So you got to come. That's all I'm going to say. Just come on out. People in, in, in the Philadelphia area, it's just an hour and a half away. I know. It's not know some, far. People get intimidated when they say, oh, we got to cross that bridge and that New York traffic. Uh-huh. I'm like, look. <laughs> I know, I know, you know. You know, but uh, um, I'm but definitely going to be there. Like I said, I'm working that day at my day job, but mm-hmm. I'm getting off early so I can make that run, and I'm going to try to get there at least an hour beforehand so that I can mm-hmm. uh, find some well, decent parking. You work that parking thing out. You know, call the box office and see if they've got any kind of validation thing going on with some of the parking mm. lots in the area, you know? Yeah. Because I really yeah. don't know. Um, I'm very fortunate in that I can walk to this gig. You know, it's not far from where I live. Aren't you lucky? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, um, this is just uh, this is just great. And same person, just a little wiser. What do you mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing with the Linda Williams, um, there's some people who, who still get a little bit confused. They say, well, well who's Aziza Miller? Aziza Miller is Linda Williams, and I'm the same person uh, that I was. I'm just wiser, you know. Hopefully you get wiser as, as, as the years go on, you know. But um, I just want people to know, Linda, especially, especially people in the U.K. and, and, and Japan, because they're, they're playing some of my earlier stuff, um, Elevate Our Minds, I don't know if you, you heard that one, but that was off of my 1979 City Living album uh, that I did for Arista. There was a song on there called Elevate Our Minds. And it was an underground hit in the UK and in, in parts of Japan. But they know me as Linda Williams. So that's why I say, you know, to the people who, who remember Linda Williams and they remember Elevate Our Minds and Capricorn Rising and stuff like that, Aziza Miller is that same woman. Very much alive, very much doing what, you know, what she loves to do in the music. Well, all right. And I've been, uh, I'm glad that you've uh, been <clears throat> posting me or, or tagging me on the, on Facebook with mm-hmm. your, uh, with your event. And, you know, I've been uh, putting it up there and Starting today, I'm going to let everybody know, hey, had a conversation with Aziza. You better listen up. And you better say Aziza Miller. You got to say Aziza Miller, bro. Aziza Miller, yes. Aziza Miller. Maybe there's a band that done snatched my name. They done snatched my name right in front of my mm, face. Mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they, well, one thing they can't snatch is your soul. Yes. And um, yes. I think the first... The first LP of yours that I listened to was Jazz Soetry Volume One, oh, and yeah. I, I I still play it. And mm-hmm. your show on uh, where I featured you on Spotlight on Jazz and Poetry is still up in the archives, and I still get mm-hmm. comments about that uh, about that program. But we're gonna we're gonna hit them hard with this one coming up uh, starting on 
Sunday, uh, okay. the new feature, and it's going to be just fabulous. And um, that the CD, my CD, this journey of love, the new one, yes. and the previous ones are available on CD Baby, Amazon, and, and iTunes. All right, and your website again? www.azizamiller.com. All right, and I'll be posting that information all over everywhere that I am. I'll Thank be you. posting it and and promoting the uh, program coming up at the Iridium. Yes. In New York on October. Yes. yes. On October the 6th and hopefully it'll be a, a standing room only yes. um, crowd for you to come and enjoy your fantastic artistry. And I can't wait to finally, finally, <laughs> finally, I can't stress that word enough. I wish I could spell it like seven or eight different ways. But I'll get a chance to see you definitely and, and give you a big hug and, and just you. watch you perform. I just can't wait. Thank you. And we'll take pictures. How about that? Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, cool. indeed. I can't get me up there with a diva and not get no picture, you know. Oh, no. Diva has been retired. That is no longer my title because it goes without saying, yes, I am a diva. But I have a new title that was given to me okay. a couple of days ago by A. Scott Galloway, a um, critic, a reviewer out there in Los Angeles. He did me the honor of reviewing my CD, which I pasted on my page. You can check it out later. Oh, yeah. Time. Oh, yeah. Anyway, what A. Scott Galloway, he said that I am the piano empress. All right. Okay, so Diva has been <laughs> retired for now. This is 2016. You may refer to me <laughs> as the piano empress. I mean, I love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it has a nice ring to it. And I'm going to do it. Look, I'm going to get somebody. Listen, I'm, I'm going to go all the way out, right? I'm going to get somebody uh -huh. to take a picture uh -huh. of me and you together. And I'm also uh -huh. going to do a selfie, too. Because uh -huh. I got to. Because <laughs> my, daughter, my daughter is 34, right? And every time. Uh -huh. He said, yeah, Dad, trying to do a selfie and whatnot. We know what he's doing. I'm like, okay, all right. You know, we're going to do a selfie. But, um, again, this, this was just fantastic, and, and I couldn't wait um, to, to have a conversation with you. And, and your music is fabulous, you know, from, like you said, funk, jazz, soul, R&B, hip-hop. I mean, you cover all of the areas. And, you know, Latin, Samba, mm -hmm. Rumba, you cover it all. You know what I mean? So yes, no one yes. can walk away dissatisfied with listening to your music or I'm sure I'll see for myself watching you perform live. Yes. So, um, again, thank just you. Thank, thank you. Thank you so very much. And I really appreciate you spending this time with me. Thank you. I've enjoyed it, Clay. Thank you so much. And I'll see you next week. Yes, indeed. And don't hang up yet. Don't hang up. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here at the Iridium in New York, October the 6th, 2016. Get a chance to listen to the piano empress herself, Aziza Miller. Thank you again for uh, participating in this uh, conversation. And ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have a wonderful week, and I'll see you next time right here on Spotlight Conversations. Peace. Peace.